0: everybody, and welcome to episode 301 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Tara Fredericks. Tara is from New York, but currently lives in a small fishing village in Scotland, and she is a health coach. Welcome, Tara. Hey, Jen. Thanks for having me. So great to talk to you. And, you know, I am like super envious of your being in a fishing village in Scotland. You know, a lot of my roots are in Scotland and...
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. It is picturesque. Right now, I was if I'm looking out the window. It's a cold and rainy day, but uh, we've actually this week we've had the aurora borealis here about five nights, so it's been amazing. So it's amazing. That really is amazing. I can't even imagine see what that would look like. It's the sky is green. Although the photos come out a little bit different cuz the filter, but you definitely see the green hues in the sky. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. Wow. More reason to visit Scotland. We need to
0: get over here. Well, I want to meeting some Calhoun relatives in Charleston in November. They're including the original like Sir Malcolm Cahoon, who lives in Scotland, he's like the head of the family, really inspired me to want to come over with my sister and, and visit. Because like I said, that is where our roots are. You know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: Yeah. And you know, I practiced this one a few times. So I'm sure everybody does. So, <laughs> yeah. According to my Zero app, today is 375 days I've been clean fasting. That's how long I've been fasting, just over a year. And I think the why is more of the backstory and wasn't for weight loss. I mean, although I had gained like 30 pounds, but it it wasn't a weight loss story. It was more of a life story. Six years prior to that, for six years, I left work and I was taking care of my mom, who was in her 90s, and my mother-in-law here in Scotland. And my husband works abroad. He was working in Abu Dhabi at the time. And we had a house in Canada And I was traveling from Canada to New York to Scotland, you know, back to Canada. And although it seems like a charmed life to travel, but it was, it wreaked havoc on me. That sounds like a lot,
0: Tara. I mean, all that. I mean, you were responsible for your mother in New York, your mother-in-law in Scotland, plus your husband was traveling. You're going all around. That sounds really, really hard.
1: It was hard. And I didn't realize it in the middle of it because you just, you know, I think, you know, in my letter to you, I was just taking one day at a time. And I'm a boy mom like you, I have two sons. And at the time, my youngest, who's, who's graduated now from Oklahoma State, he's a cowboy. He was like in his sophomore year in college in Oklahoma. And my oldest son, Garrett, who's now he'll be 31 this year. He's the one who actually moved to North Carolina. And I had, you know, I had my sons and my husband and my dogs. And, you know, I'm also a sister. So it was just a lot. And The stress levels that I was under was absolutely amazing. And a day for me was a trip to Costco to buy, you know, diapers for my mom, wipes. And then I would head off to a spin class and I wouldn't do one. I would do three because I was 27 miles from the spin center in Canada. So I had to sign a waiver (laughs) to do all the spin classes and, you know, get back to my mom. You know, we had a wonderful caregiver helper in Canada And then, you know, scrambled eggs, egg whites, lights out, and then do it again the next day. And then, you know, prepare for my trip to Scotland. So I was just an absolute wreck. You know, stress was taking over. And I don't get to see my husband as often because, you know, he would be in Abu Dhabi. I mean, during COVID, I didn't see him for almost 18 months just because. So it was tough. And then my mom passed away January 26, 2020 at almost 93. So I was actually grateful because it was before COVID. It was before the craziness of COVID. And then, you know, the March COVID, you know, happened to everyone. But since I was my mother-in-law's primary care provider, I was able to travel. So I traveled that June. I was here in Scotland for, you know, three or four weeks, went through all the COVID, quarantine, vaccinations, everything to travel. And then i you know, head back to New York again, and just keep doing it. And it was finally in in April, I had emergency gallbladder surgery. And I was just a wreck. And when the doctor said, you know, I actually, I was originally diagnosed that it was a a spastic sternum, because I cycle a lot. And they thought it was my sternum. So the doctor said it was angry, they took it out Had the best drugs ever. (laughs) It was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, my girlfriend from New York just happened to be in, in town. I was actually in Wilmington, North Carolina at the time of my, you know, visiting with my son. <laughs> I had emergency surgery. And then two weeks later, I was on a plane over to Scotland. So it was just crazy.
0: And was this 2021? What,
1: what April was? So this was 2020, right after. So my mom passed away in January. I had emergency surgery. And then the following July, which was last year, my mother-in-law passed away.
0: July of 21?
1: Yeah, July of 21. She was July 31st of 21. So it was a year and a half of this grief, trauma, travel, illness. You know, my poor sister, My I have two sisters, and my one sister was very ill with COVID. And it was just, it was everything. So Definitely during COVID. As I said in my letter, we had karaoke parties at home. We ate too much. We drank too much. We made silly videos, but it was just a lot. And then um, after my mother-in-law passed away July 21, I stayed here in Scotland because I had broken my arm. I broke my left shoulder at my mother-in-law's funeral. No joke. Wow. Now, how in the world do you
0: break a shoulder at a funeral?
1: I fell off the chair. And you know what? I think it was a stool chair, like the one I'm sitting in now. And it was on gravel. And it was in a neighbor's front yard. And I just, I sat down and went down. And I'm thinking to myself, if I was lighter, I wouldn't have broken my arm. <laughs> so finally, December of 21, our whole family came over here. My two sons and my husband came over for Christmas. And I came down with COVID. Everybody left in December, and I was sitting here going, I need to change my life, like, right away. And thankfully, trolling on the Internet, I found – this thing called intermittent fasting and delay don't deny and you know what it was one of those google moments that it just popped up it was like where google read your mind uncle google read your mind and it popped up and i said oh i said hey i said you know intermittent fasting i said this is interesting you know i was a devout weight watcher you know fan i was proud to do zero point days i was thinking oh this is interesting i said i kind i never used to eat after seven anyway so let me give this a go and I think I read the book overnight. I did Audible. Amazon delivers really fast here, so I had books, and at Audible, I, I think, you know, I had Jason Fong on Audible as well, and I was by myself, which helped, and then one of your credits said, hey, there's this thing called IIN, you know, Integrated Nutrition, and March 7th, I registered, and I added that to my Profile And I graduated September 27th as an integrated health coach, thanks to you. So it's been a busy year. I love that you found that. It has been a busy year. I love that
0: you found IIN through me, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I was very deep. When I decided to go through IIN, I was super deep into... It was the whole diet war scene on Facebook and the groups where people were like, you must eat this way, you must eat that way. And I was like, I just really want to know more about all this. I want to dig in. And Then I wrote Feast Without Fear. This was 2017. And then after writing that, I realized we're all different and why. And then it was the following spring, I think, after that, and I was going to be retiring soon from teaching. And I was like, you know, I just need something like a credential, you know, who am I to do all this, all this writing. And and so I started looking around and I found the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I loved everything that they said.
1: Absolutely. Everything that they said was fabulous. I think it kept me One, it just kept me engaged through the whole year. And I'll be 60 in May. So I was doing this at 59. And my kids laughed at me because I'm like, you know, I haven't been, you know, after my master's, I hadn't been back in school for forever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm taking these classes. I have modules, you know, I had the desk set up. I had backup, you know, as I have iPhones, and this, I had everything set up, everything was done. It was interesting going back to school, but it was great. And I really just said, this is me. This is, you know... I from just learning about myself that not I was wondering, you know, I was very successful, you know, years previous on Weight Watchers, I'd lost 16 pounds in Weight Watchers, after the birth of my first son, Garrett, who's now third, he'll be 31. And I got those points, but nothing was happening after men, you know, I wasn't even near menopause, you know, but nothing was happening. And I knew I had to make a change, not from a weight loss perspective, but from a life perspective. And IIN just gave me just a breath of fresh air, just, you know, just a whole way of, you know, even looking at what organic is now, you know, it was different than what I even thought it was. So,
0: Tell me more about that. I would love to hear that because, you know, I went through it. It's been several years now since I went through it. What did you learn about organic that was new?
1: You know, some of the things that I love the fact that part of, that, I don't know if you had recalled part of your learning was, you know, take people for a grocery store tour and shop the outer rim of the grocery store. And that never connected to me before about the outer rim of the grocery store, except for Trader Joe's in North Carolina, because the outer rim has the cocktails and the, the alcohol on the left side and the outer rim and then the vegetables on the right side. So except for Trader Joe's maybe, but also, you know, you pick up something that says organic and it's not from the U.S. Okay. So it's not from the U.S. Is it really organic? We don't know what, the, what organic means in another country. And also the travel time from it to get from you know, New Zealand all the way into Wilmington, well, North Carolina, or even you know here in Scotland, that is that really organic. You want to buy local. You should buy anything within 50 miles of where you live. And to me, I, that was one of the things that absolutely clicked. And although I had organic, you know, we kind of had organic in our life you know, when my children were growing up, I never, that never clicked until then. And I was ever so grateful for that because I do look at labels now more than I ever have before.
0: Yeah, me too. And, you know, I find it's easy often, like fresh produce can be hit or miss, like you're saying, but it can be a whole lot easier to buy organic frozen vegetables or like in a can, like beans in a can, like organic beans in a can, super cheap, super cheap.
1: Yeah. I will say the supply chain here in Scotland is really small. You can go to the local doctor's office and buy your eggs because one of the nurses has chickens and they have eggs and you can go to the local doctor's office. They call it the local surgery and you get your eggs. So the supply chain is very small. There's a butcher here called the wee butcher. You know, the cow might've been out in the field the day before it's very small and you know exactly where it's coming from and it's so fresh and one of the, that's one of the wonderful things about living over here is that, you know, you do have wonderful fresh produce and, you know, buy in season, you know, buy in season. It's, you know, you mentioned the daffodils, yeah, daffodils are out, strawberries and asparagus. Those are the things that have to happen right now. It's lovely.
0: Well, I love that. And thank you for sharing about the IIN because it just, you know, the whole idea of bioindividuality and that we're all different when it comes to what works for us. Like, as I said, when I wrote Feast Without Fear, that's what I came to as I you know learned about how our bodies were different with our gut microbiomes, our genetics, all of that. But then to have Institute for Integrative Nutrition really reinforced that, it gave me the confidence to say, okay, then anyone who's saying here's the one size fits all, they're like, you know, that the story of the blind men and the elephant, and they're all looking at a different part of the elephant and then drawing conclusions, like one of them feels the trunk, another feels the leg. Do you know that story? I don't know
1: if I know that story.
0: Well, it's it's the, the blind men and the elephant, and they're like, no, an elephant is like a rope, and that's the one who touched the tail. And, no, it's like a wall, and that's the one who touched the leg. And I think we can get like that with health and wellness as well. You know, you're only looking at one little tiny thing, and really, you've got to look at the whole the whole big picture.
1: My weight gain was not because I ate improperly. You know, my weight gain was from <laughs> my stress hormone that just didn't give in. And honest, Jen, I would be awake for three days at a time. Like I could, you know, with traveling, you know, so you do a flight over, you know, into whether it was in Qatar or was over here to, you know, Abu Dhabi or to Scotland. I'd be awake. I would get here. I would feel tired. But, you know, I would put my head down and I was awake or I'd watch Netflix until I fell asleep. But then you look at the local clock and it was like 6.30 a.m. And I was really awake for like almost 40 hours. So, you well, know, my stress, the my hormone, and it just never stopped. So there was nothing, my metabolism was, I want to say it was broken. Well, stress is a real factor.
0: And, you know, not just the travel, you also had two deaths of people that you were very close to and caring for intimately your mother your mother-in-law and your husband was away covid if the only stress had been covid that would have been enough but you know you were traveling around the world your husband was away i can't even imagine your body was probably like oh lord help me
1: yeah i don't even know if it knew where it was thank goodness for like the apple phone because the 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 clock would change automatically because the, I would never change the wristwatch ever. So last year when I was in IIN, I started to hear while I was in Scotland that I went to Wilmington, North Carolina. And I actually grounded myself from international travel from April last year until I graduated in September because I was absolutely not going to... I mean, I flew to New York you know, often, but I was absolutely not going to do an international flight because I really, when I wanted the success of the class and the whole experience and, you know, the availability, I wanted to really study and learn from it. So I didn't travel. I didn't come back over here until November. So I had been away for a while and it was amazing. My sleep changed. I mean, with intermittent fasting, because I was fasting the whole time. <laughs> My sleep changed, you know, it was amazing. My husband flies in tomorrow, so I haven't seen him since January 5th. So I'll just keep my window open a little longer, that's all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, your body needed that break, it sounds like, so... You know, you had a chance to take a break, no international travel, no demands on you, just time to relax into your studies. And that might sound crazy to anybody who doesn't like to study. But one thing about Institute for Integrative Nutrition, the program that I went through and that you went through, it was actually pleasant to, like, I enjoyed everything they asked me to do because it was like what I wanted to learn about.
1: Absolutely. And I've made some nice friends like through the process, you know, one over here in the UK and and one actually she is in Raleigh. North Carolina now. We actually, the, the individual in Raleigh, we've met for coffee in Wilmington, you know. So it was, it's really, it's been a great year. When you found Delay Don't Deny, when was that again? That was... Well, it was 375 days ago. Because I started right away. I did the rip the Band-Aid off because I get up in the morning really early. I'm a black coffee drinker anyways. You know, in the afternoon, I'll put milk in it maybe for like to close my window. I was okay with the black coffee. That didn't freak me out. I was never really attached to breakfast. So it was Okay. And I started out, you know, I was doing 22, you know, just like this is it. This was for me. I was doing 22 too. I was like, this is great. I don't have to eat, you know. I recall there was in one of your books or a podcast, it was you, I think, had baked potatoes and sour cream. You know, someone had it. I'm like, that's what I'm going to have. So I remember like last March, all I had was like baked potatoes and sour cream. As soon as that that window opened, I had cheese and crackers. I had poured a glass of Prosecco. And then I had that baked potato in that microwave or the oven. And then I just loaded with sour cream. I ate for two hours. And I'm thinking, this is fun. (laughs) This was great. And I closed it with a piece of chocolate or a cup of tea, or even a coffee with some milk in it. I was ready to go again the next day. But there's something
0: really satisfying about a big baked potato, right?
1: It was amazing. So baked potatoes over here called they're called jacket potatoes. There's even a setting on the microwave that says jacket potato. You can just press it and it just made, you know, and they put like chili in it, they put tuna fish, beans, everything. And I just loved it with loads of butter and sour cream. So it was amazing. And that sustained me. I'm not a great big meat eater. I, I, at times I'll have meat, but whatever was just, it, it was amazing. So I, that lasted me until I went, I left here. I left Scotland last April or May, like the end of April. And I got back to North Carolina. I spent the summer in North Carolina studying and intermittent fasting. You know, there's lots of food trucks in Wilmington. <laughs> so I just made my window a little later, you know, with my sons. We'd go to a local microbrewery. There's a Venezuelan food truck. We have a rapaz and I have a beer and I would cycle to the brewery and then I would have the food and the beer and then I would cycle home. So if intermittent fasting works, it doesn't, there's no, you just make it work. You just you just change your window. I've, I've never stopped intermittent fasting. I have adjusted my windows, but you know, it's, it works. Yep. That, that sounds like the perfection, right? Just, you know, having one, you said so
0: you're, you're a one meal a day girl, mostly. Mostly.
1: Yeah. Still a one meal a day. Yeah it changed a little bit after this year. And this, I was going to, you know, send you an email, like, because at Christmas, again, I had COVID this year at Christmas. Again? Oh no. no it, I think I get at the airport. You get
0: the Christmas COVID? Why?
1: <laughs> again, Christmas COVID. That's what I to call it. And i never really, I wasn't sick last year and I wasn't sick, but I thought I always think it's jet lag. You know, I was really tired and I, I didn't know if I had a fever, but I did lose my sense of taste and smell. And then, Actually, I have fallen asleep Monday and it was just like Thursday. It seemed like, you know, Thursday happened. I don't even remember what happened the two days before, but I just, I wanted milk. I didn't like something that I never drank milk and I knew it was not, I didn't have the fasting window. I wasn't fasting. I was just recovering from an illness. It's been a little bit of a challenge since December, but my window is interesting. It's like, I'll struggle to get that. And I think I might've put a post up in the community, you know, in the beginning, because it was also like the time change. And then I had COVID and I used to be able to breeze through 22, but I was like struggling at 16. I just, you know, listened to my body and said, just recover, just recover.
0: I think that's an important thing to talk about, about the effect of COVID and how we really still do not understand because it's still so new, it's a new thing in the world. And we're still learning about what COVID does in the body, especially as it mutates and changes. And it really don't discount that anybody who's listening, if you were sailing along just fine, and then all of a sudden you had COVID, and now all of a sudden, it's not easy anymore. Something in your body has shifted or changed. Could it be your gut microbiome? It, I mean, it could be so many different things. But, you know, think just think about it that like, what if it affected your gut microbiome in some way that we don't know about yet, and it changed the composition of of what's down there. And now you're struggling because you have a whole different gut. So don't blame yourself, everybody, is what I'm saying. It's not your fault. Intermittent fasting didn't, you know, quote, stop working. It's just something has changed in your body. And I don't know what that was, obviously. You know, I don't know who knows, or people are just figuring it out, maybe, but it's real. So after that, it was hard for you to fast.
1: It was hard for me to keep the 22 hour fast that I was used to. Again, you know, after time, like, you know, there's a time zone change and I am by myself. My sons are back in North Carolina right now. So I am by myself. So I'm not like, I don't necessarily need to, you know, go to a food truck at four o'clock with them. So when I'm up early, my, my window opens a little earlier here and it closes a little earlier, but I could, you know, I'm up at six o'clock in the morning and for me, just a coffee was fine. By 11, I was like, my body was saying, you know, I need to put some protein in or something. And it wasn't a lot. I can't eat a full meal, but it was just a little toast or something. And then, so I would watch it, you know, leave it open for four, maybe five hours. And then, you know, then there was a couple of times or more than a couple, it was like, I did a full eight hours of a a window open for eight hours just because I wasn't feeling it. And um, I think today was this seven. I mean, my window's open now. And after this is over, I'm going to close it with a glass of champagne. So I finished it. (laughs) But it's been a struggle. And my taste buds have absolutely changed since this past COVID experience. It's not necessarily since intermittent fasting, but it's definitely a little odd this go around like butter, which I love butter. It's very funny. Like I it's almost like I'm smelling all the food before I eat it just to see if it has a funny smell, but it's been interesting, but this, so since December, my fasting windows, you know, I guess it's good for my metabolism because it's definitely not the same every day. It's been very different. I would definitely have to say it's attributed to COVID.
0: Well, you're listening to your body and I think that's really important. And you know, we don't know why our bodies are wanting what they want. When I had COVID, the, the time that I had it was that was bad in 21, the only thing I was craving was eggs. I couldn't eat meat. Everything was weird, but I wanted eggs for whatever reason. But people find their taste and smell can be changed for a long time.
1: When I had it the first time, it was altered a little bit. The smell of cilantro or coriander was offensive to me. You know, I'd go into back to Trader Joe's or any supermarket. And as soon as I got into the, the vegetables, I could smell the coriander. And I was like, whoa, it smells like medicinal. And I would have to scoot away from it. But that's kind of just, you know, dissipated. But it's very interesting, like, and then maybe this is intermittent fasting. If it's not really good chocolate, it tastes like wax. So maybe I would say that's intermittent <laughs> <laughs> That would be just being a food snob, it's a food snob now because <laughs> now it tastes like wax
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's the part that yeah any cheap chocolate, I don't want that. It's not good. It's gotta be really good chocolate.
1: Again, window worthy. You've coined a few words. I know when you talk about, you know, the window being open, my sister Kathleen would say, Well, she'd like to do that, but she uses a screen instead. You know, some things can still get through, you know. So my window, her window has a screen in it. Mine is either open or closed, but it's uh she's funny. That's
0: great. So you're right though, things do have to be window worthy. And That can change over time, as we talk about a lot, but also in response to your changing body. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, because it can take a long time to recover from COVID, depending on where it hangs out, where it takes hold, whatever. So, you know, you just have to keep doing what feels right. And also, it can have to do with maintenance versus weight loss. Like, for example, when I got to a weight where my body was happy to maintain, in spring of 2015, you know, my window got a little wider in maintenance than it was during the weight loss phase because, you know, I'm not burning so much fat. You got to get the fuel from somewhere. You're either getting your fuel from your fat or you need a longer window. So needing a longer window in maintenance is something I think that's normal.
1: Again, my brain is going to tell me when my body's like at the right weight. I don't feel I mean, I've never been overweight. I mean, although I was, you know, like yourself, I joined every fad diet. I mean, I have, you know, I'm the youngest of four kids. And, you know, my sisters were, oh, whatever diet's going, we're going to do it. We were Weight Watchers together. There was a Jenny Craig, oh, we'll try that. But we were, not we were never overweight. My mom was pretty, she would fly some comments around, but I was in a size six my whole life. And then, you know, just try to get into that size four, <laughs> You know, let's do that. It's definitely out there the weight element. Was I pleased to lose 30 pounds? Yes, I was very pleased. To, and that was definitely totally inflammation. As I said earlier, was, I don't think it was, it was just totally my joints feel better. You know, I cycle a lot. And I mean, I'm part of your community, but I looked, I've only posted seven times. I'm, I'm quiet. i read everything, but I'm quiet. But I did post in August because I did this 350 mile bike ride from Buffalo, New York down to Albany. Yeah. And I did it fasted every day. So I would do 50 or 60 miles fasted. And then we had lunch and you know refreshments. And then we do it again. We did it for one week straight. So it took us about a week to do 360 miles. And I, I did post that because that was something I was like, okay, I'm going to share this one because you can exercise fasted. You feel great. You don't feel, you know, there wasn't any lightheadedness. I wasn't looking for a Gatorade. I had water. I didn't need to have the granola bar snacks like everybody was having. I just kept on going and it was perfect. And that meal when I had it was amazing. I want to pop
0: in and say, when you're working out in the fasted state, if you're still in the adjustment period, everything that Tara just said might not be true. (laughs) It might be hard. You can't do it. You're cranky. You're hangry. But once you're fat adapted, that's when you can just do it. And so for anybody who's new, if you're like, well, I tried it. It made me lightheaded. It made me feel dizzy. It made me feel sick. If you're new and you're not fat adapted, then that's the reason. Because we had someone in the community the other day talking about a similar thing, working out in the fast state, feeling super cranky. And I'm like, well, you're not fat adapted yet. And that can take longer than 28 days. So be patient.
1: This was 10 months in and I was, you know, super accustomed to it. And I think it would have disrupted my, my trip if I was going to, you know, have breakfast or anything. And it was the right thing to do. And I prepared myself for it. I knew I was going to do it. And so I did post that. So that has been, you know, that was an amazing, I would say, you know, a tick in my box, you know, I look at the things that happened over this past year for intermittent fasting. And that was one of them.
0: That's pretty awesome. I can't even imagine biking 350 miles. I'm so impressed.
1: That's really the only thing I that's, You know, I used to run, but my knee, forget it. But cycling is my thing. And I do a lot of it. And I was on, when we lived in Canada for a while, I'm still on the team. I was in a cycling team in Calgary. You know, we did a couple of races every summer, 250 miles. And we would cycle up through the Rockies from Banff all the way up to Lake Louise. It was absolutely gorgeous. But, you know, you are ready. You are powering through. And, you know, I started cycling again when I was 50. So... You never passed your prime.
0: So you mentioned that you were a size six your whole life. And then when you gained weight a little bit, you, you know, before you lost the 30 pounds, were you a size six then or were you a little higher?
1: So I'm, as I said, I'll be 60. So I went through early menopause. I went through menopause probably like 44. And I hear stories from like yourself and even a really good friend here. I just didn't get my period anymore. I just stopped. And like, there wasn't any kind of like, I didn't have hot flashes. I didn't have mood swings. It was like a light switch. Like was a light switch. That was it. You know, I just didn't have to like, this was great because I didn't have to buy tampons every month. This I have like, was like, it was a terrific, and it really, it had no effect to me. And it's had no effect to me today, except when you look back, you go, well, my waist is a little thicker than it used to be. You know, we were living in the Middle East at the time, and we were living in Doha, Qatar. And, you know, I was still working every day. But I think it was, and many of your, your followers will say, it's more like, Well, five pounds over five pounds this year, five pounds the next year, five next year. Like, wait a second. Like, wait, these people fit me. It just crept up and you don't have time to notice it because you're raising children, because you're taking care of parents and because, you know, life is you're just living life and then you're aging. And I was just talking to my sister earlier and Weight Watcher stopped working for me because I think it was just my age. I mean, I can manipulate that system to have zero point days. When you
0: said that before, that made me chuckle because I'm sure you've heard me say this. I never did Weight Watchers, but if you told me there were zero point foods, I would probably just only have zero point days. Oh, zero points. I can do zero points every day. And I would be eating. Somebody said on a recent episode that a boiled egg had zero points or something. I would be like, the boiled egg queen, I'd be, you know, I'd be like a chicken. I'd be eating so many boiled eggs, right?
1: And I stayed away from bananas because they had two points. So that wasn't going to happen. So I had eggs for egg whites, you know, and, you know, I had half my body weight in water. And, you know, I can recall, like, As a younger woman in my 30s, if I had a wedding on Saturday, I maybe just have a salad two days a week. And, you know, I lost seven pounds by Saturday. But that changes. You have to pay like homage. You have to be respectful of your body. And that was something that, didn't come to me until I was in my fifties that, you know, I'd rather have food as my medicine than take medicine as my food. I'm not on any medication, nothing. And, you know, that's, we have heart history in my family, cholesterol history, and I'm the, you know, not good. I'm the only one that I don't take anything. I think that's by my lifestyle, but it's been hard work. And when those pounds came on, I can tell you my knees felt it, you know, your back, you could feel it in your back when you put a towel around you after a shower, you're like, wait a second, when did this happen? And I just even looked at pictures, like two years ago, and no one would ever guess I was heavy, but my face was rounder. But I'm grateful I lost it. And I'm still losing it. I mean, I have done something serious that was, I have stopped weighing myself. That was hard for me because I was—I would weigh myself every morning. You know, I would take the clips out of my hair to weigh myself. I would take my rings off to see that in the, the point four, and I have just—I said I can't do that anymore. It was playing with my head. I just couldn't do it. Well, that's freedom right there. It is freedom, and I like—I'll use this. I have my honesty pants. I did try them on this morning just to make sure. <laughs> I took a lot of small learnings from your books and your podcasts in the community, as well as the larger ones. But the fun ones are the honesty pants. I have them here. I carry them with me. What size are your honesty pants? I think they're a size eight. And they are from, they might be, because I have to, Yeah, they're eight U.S. So so I could From
0: a long time ago that they're old.
1: Yeah, they're older pants. So they're a smaller size because like, I don't know, the sizes change. Over here, I don't like buying clothes. You always have to go up a size. Like a size 14 here is really a size 12. And then, you know, so the sizing is a little different over here. So I don't buy clothes here. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I'll buy it at home, you know. Oh, I think they're from Banana Republic. They're okay. But I did put them on. So um, it is a bit freedom. You know, when I was um, weighing yourself all the time, it's a positive reinforcement, but man, it could, it cripples you when you're up. Even if just, a, you know, four tenths of an ounce, it cripples you and you just, you just lose it. That's exactly what it did for me, but that's why I stopped. But for a lot of people,
0: it can be a useful tool depending on where they are in their journey. I'm definitely not anti-weighing. And I used it for the whole time I was losing weight and the entire first year of maintenance. I weighed and you know, found my weekly average and it, it made such a difference that I really knew. Oh, Happy Scale is fabulous. Russ Shanahan, the creator of Happy Scale, I interviewed him for an intermittent fasting stories episode a couple of years, several years ago. It's been years now, but he's a great guy, and it does the averaging for you. I actually liked writing it down and doing the math.
1: I think I've had a journal since 1986. So I'm good at journaling. You know, I write stuff down all the time. I went to school to be a teacher. My bachelor's was in teaching, so in education. So I was writing everything. I had everything, I had lesson plans for myself from you know, every day, practically. So I did have to give it up after I lost the 30 pounds. I said, you know what? I'm just going to let let the next six months go. And I'm glad I did because I don't think. Um, I will say one thing though. I know that. So I do knit and I would knit like a size I have a large chest. So I would knit like a size 42 or 44 sweater. And I knit a sweater before Christmas and it was too big. I'm like, what is, my, is my gauge wrong? Did something happen? And I measured it and then I measured my chest and I was like, oh, wow, I'm down a size in my knitting. So I'm like, I'm making smaller sweaters. So I'm like, okay. And my, I don't think my weight changed, but definitely my body recomposition is, it's definitely, um, working. You didn't see, I didn't see it before until the last six months. The first six months I didn't see, I just saw the weight loss. Now I see just different things.
2: Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cash back events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to racketon.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it.
0: Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. And that's a very important point. And one that I talk about in Fast Feast Repeat in the Scale Schmale chapter, because people get hung up on like what is not changing. They get hung up on the thing that isn't changing, like... And it goes both ways. Someone will share in the community, they'll say, well, I've lost 20 pounds, but my waist is still the same. And then they're like, really disappointed. I'm like, no, you've lost 20 pounds. That's exciting. Or someone will be the opposite. They'll be like, well, the scale still is the same, but I've lost two inches in my waist. I'm like, no, that's awesome. So if something is changing, then your body is changing. If your scale is going down You're losing from somewhere. Your clothing will catch up to you. Your measurements will catch up. Maybe you're losing fat from your fatty liver or from around your organs. And if your size is decreasing, but the scale is staying the same, you're losing fat and maintaining or building muscle. So if something is changing, don't focus on the things that aren't because there may be a period when the scale is moving, but your clothes are the same and then your body sticks on the scale, but you shrink in size for a while. If something is changing, it's working.
1: Yes. Absolutely. I take every win. Like I had a pair of shoes that were tight and now they're not. I'm like, this is a win. Your feet are shrinking. <laughs> your feet are shrinking. You know, I, I think it has to, it's everything. And, you know, and I like I really say, and I, this is the third time I said it, it was totally inflammation because I think when you travel, you're up and down on a plane, you know, you're going from 44,000 feet, you know, down and, and you're racing through airports, you're carrying your leg, just everything. And just the whole process of traveling, the stress of traveling, and three days after, I think I'm sleeping. And then once you get, you're not in a routine. And then now you're, when you get here, I was, you know, going to the doctor's office, changing, you know, my mother's medication, doing a million things. So I never had a chance to actually catch up from, you know, where I was coming from. So, you know, the first six months I said, is it self-care? Sure. It's self-care, but I just tuned everybody out and I intermittent fasted, for the bee's knees for six straight months. I mean, I still intermittent fast, but for that first six months, nothing stopped, and I I um, just did everything you said to do. <laughs> I wasn't going to change it. I mean, if it worked, if it works, I'm not going to change it. I didn't need to read into it. I didn't have to ask if you know if bone broth would, you know, break my fast, I just said, I'm staying away from it. I'm not even, I don't even need it. I <laughs> just stay away from it.
0: And it does, for anyone who wonders, it does break your fast. <laughs> yeah,
1: like now I think things pop up in a question. I think it was on the Zero app. You know, they put little you know advertisements, does bone broth break your fast? I don't even read it.
0: Well, this is the, the most frustrating part of the work that I do, okay, <laughs> is I put out what I believe to be true in Fast Feast Repeat. And here's what the Clean Fast is and why. Here's why you do it. Here's all the information in the whole book. And but then in the apps and in the this and in the that. It's like everything is so contradictory. So then people are like really confused and they're like, but I saw here this fasting expert is selling fasting tea that he claims doesn't break a fast. I'm like, well, he wants you to buy that tea. So (laughs) if someone is selling you something and they're telling you it doesn't break a fast, think about why they would like you to buy that, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just stayed away from a lot of those communities. You know, although as I said, I'm a member of your community. I would scroll through... I put my seven posts on. I read all my books and I just do it again. I just stayed away from it because it was like, I'm just going to, this is simple. It doesn't cost anything and it's simple. Just do it. Yep. Keep it simple. And, you know, I don't want to
0: risk the clean fast. That's the way I look at it. You know, I don't want to risk the clean fast. So I don't want to do anything like put lemon in my water. This app said it was fine. I could do, I mean, no matter what you want to do, you can find someone who says it's okay. Like, I'm not kidding. Anything in the world. You know, there was a fasting community on Facebook where the members were drinking their own urine. You know, if you want to do that, you'll find a community that supports it. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I should have had like a, a warning on that statement. I put
1: lemon in my tequila, but I'm not going to do lemon <laughs> in my urine. <laughs> but what my point with that is,
0: no matter what you want to find you know, confirmation for you can find it, right? You can find somebody who tells you that cream doesn't break a fast bone broth is fine, especially by mine, mine is even better, you know, anyway, but keep it simple, water, black coffee, plain tea, that's it. You're not going to risk anything, just
1: Fast, clean, let your body do what it needs to do. And it has done, you know, it's this amazing machine that works (laughs) and it keeps working. I wake up every morning and there's no pine box over my head. So I'm okay. I'm I'm ready to live the day, one more day. So oh, now
0: Tara, can I just tell you, I'm now I'm I'm waiting for someone to send me the question. Does urine break the fast? (laughs) I've never gotten that question, but anyway, sorry, everybody. That's gross.
1: (laughs) We'll find
0: out. I wouldn't drink it, but. We'll <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Maybe with a little
0: lemon. Who
1: knows? No. No, no. no I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: anyway, no, I would not recommend that. I don't. People are doing all sorts of crazy things out there in the world, but I don't want to have to defend it all is the point is that people ask if someone's doing something nutty. If I've already said something and fast feast repeat. I don't want to have to keep explaining why. <laughs>
1: it's in there. It's in there. Just read it. Yeah. Just read it again. It's all good. It's there. Yeah. And
0: in, the index will point you right to it. You know. <laughs> so tell me some of your non-scale victories. I know you've mentioned inflammation. That's a big
1: one you know, a couple of things that I attribute like little skin tags, you know, I had them up on my, my, they're gone. I don't know where they went to, but they're gone. <laughs> they just fell right off. I have no idea. I guess the story, yes, you break your shoulder at a funeral. Okay. That the, after the, after the fun is gone, you know, I did break my shoulder and it was hard for me because I cycle. You know, <laughs> So the aftermath of that, there was still pain, even after, you know, physical therapy, I had gone home for physical therapy. I was actually at physical therapy in North Carolina and you know, my pain isn't, I haven't taken Tylenol and Advil in eight eons. And I was constantly taking naproxen, Advil extra, like in Canada, you can get Tylenol extra strength with just 500 milligrams. So like I was taking two of those, I was taking naproxen and like, I haven't taken anything like that. I just said to my husband, if you're coming over, cause he gets it in Canada, he's flying and say, so I'm like, bring some Tylenol extra strength cause we can't get it here in Scotland but it's an empty container. So that has really helped. My sleep, you know, along with the magnesium that I've been taking, you know, if you're not taking a supplement and you don't feel the difference, don't take it or take something else. But I think intermittent fasting repaired my metabolism and I'm able to sleep. My kids would call me at three or four in the morning knowing I'd be awake. My husband put a call into me at 347 last night, and I was sleeping. I'm like, why are you calling me? You know, and he's like, oh, I thought you'd be awake. I'm like, no, I'm actually sleeping, you know. So my sleep was really good.
0: Can I tell you, I slept for nine hours last night. That's amazing. I don't know how that happened. Like, I can't think, like, I was excited if I could sleep for eight hours, but this like i went to bed last night it, we just had the time change but i went to bed around 9:30 cuz i was a little tired even though it had you know the time change so it was would have been 8:30 but i went on to bed cuz i was tired and i didn't wake up till 6:30 in the morning i was like oh my god i slept for 9 hours i felt so good anyway
1: sleep is when your body restores itself and, you know even in my, like when we t- you know talk about iin and, and you know that i have a handful of you know clients that i see i really you know and you know this from the course like it restores your body. It gives your kidneys a break. It gives everything a break. And that's what was not happening for me. And your
0: brain, your glymphatic system. When I was writing Cleanish, I was you know, focusing on all the ways we self-clean because that's part of Cleanish. And of course, intermittent fasting is one of the ways, but sleep is one of the ways we self-clean. It's it's some, clearing things out in our brain. And if we're not getting the right amount of sleep, then we're affecting our, our brain.
1: And, you know, definitely there's the weight loss, but things like, you know, shoes fitting differently. Like it's a funny story I had. I do shop in duty free and I will shop at like Chanel or, you know, Gucci on the way over. And I bought a pair of loafers like last year in the Chanel shop in terminal two in Heathrow airport. And they were on sale. That's the only reason I bought them. And they were a little tight. I was like, Oh, so I'm getting them. They were a size like 39. That's like a size nine. So I'm like, they're going to fit. I know they're going to fit. So I tried them on. They were a little tight. I had them stretched. And I just tried them on again the other day because they're here. And I'm like, man, they're still tight. I can't believe it. But I look, there's a pair of socks shoved in the front of them. So I was like, oh, my gosh. And now they fit. And I know it's like not scale. I know it's definitely, a. but having shoes fit, you know, being able to put a towel on after the shower that doesn't need, it closes or, you know, feeling comfortable in a bathing suit, you know, last summer there was cycling was easier, just it was easier without the weight. But there was some things that yes, there were weight related, but that made you feel better. Because it, it just helped your self esteem. But I go to the doctors, April twenty first, And I'll get all my blood work done and everything. But you know, I've never been on medication before. I don't anticipate to be on any medication now. But I'll be curious to see. I signed up for Zoe here. There's a waiting list here in the UK for Zoe.
0: Yeah. Was that you that said that in the community the other day? Or was it somebody else? No. Somebody in the UK
1: mentioned it. Yeah. So I'll try to sign up. But there's other, one, there's other brands now that are out there that maybe I'll give them a go. So I think I'll do that. You know, I'm a big fan of Zoe
0: because they're doing the original research. That's why I like them so much. Cause
1: are you doing it again? I did
0: it twice. I did it a second time. You're not supposed to do it twice, everybody. They just let me. They let me. They're like, don't tell me when it was a retest because we don't offer retests. But they did let me do it again. And they, they allowed me to. But my the first time I did it, I was interested in it. But I had a bad attitude. And and I just because I didn't like hearing that I had poor blood sugar control and poor blood fat control or whatever, they told me I didn't like it. And so I was like, I'm mad. I don't want to do all that. But when I went through it the second time, I had a different mindset. And so that would be my biggest advice for anyone who's considering Zoe. Do not do it unless you are fully Going to be receptive to what it tells you because you might not like it. And see, I was living what I felt like was a healthy lifestyle. And so I thought I was going to get really great results. And then they weren't as great as I thought. And then I was mad because I was like, no, I'm so healthy. My results should be great. And so I didn't fully, even though I knew it was great stuff, I wasn't in the right headspace. But when I did it the second time, I was. I was like, whatever they tell me, I am not gonna, it's information and I had the right attitude towards it. So anybody who's not ready, do not do it. If you think it's gonna send you into diet brain, wait.
1: That's good advice, yeah. No, I'm ready, I think I'm it's ready. It's powerful,
0: but you gotta be ready. Yeah, I think you are ready. Yeah,
1: I'm ready. I mean, it's interesting having a health coaching business. You know, I wanna tell everybody to intermittent fast, right, but you can't, you have to right. say, oh, you need to fast. So, but not everybody that I see are coming to me for weight loss issues. As you know, they come for a variety of reasons. And, you know, again, if people are, weight loss is a byproduct, you know, a a benefit. So I really have to bite my tongue when I want to say, you really should be fasting. You know, you want to get rid of that arthritis? Really, (laughs) you should be fasting. You know, yes, get rid of the dairy maybe. But, you know, it's just, I really want to shout it more than I am because I definitely want to make sure that, you know, I respect everybody's individuality because it isn't for everyone. I wonder... If you could, I don't know, have that
0: some way just as part of an introductory meeting that you have with them and say, one tool that I love to use with clients is intermittent fasting. And if you would be open to, you know, just put it out there in that way.
1: We do start like with a little bit of elimination, like diet, you know, or elimination, just sort of like re- removing some foods. That's great advice. I definitely, you know, when people come to you and you, you do that health history form and, you know, then you take, you actually, you know, it's, you know, four or five pages and you actually read it and a lot of it, you know, I had one person who's never cooks at home ever. And, you know, we knew that it was a place where we wanted to start with some home cooking.
0: That's a great place to start. So
1: we started there and, you know, and her lifestyle would really suit intermittent fasting. So but it's like, but it's again, it's, it's a gentle approach. So far. I mean, I've shared it, though. I have shared it. So good. Well, We are
0: almost out of time. In one minute or less. (laughs) What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew?
1: The thing that I did that just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Just kiss it. Don't dive into a million different forums, just pick one philosophy and follow that because it is really simple. I could see people being sidetracked, but just really keep it simple. Give yourself grace, be kind to yourself. And, you know, again, it's, it's not a weight loss, immediate weight loss, but it's so good for your body. That's what it's about being good to your body. You know, it's it's your temple,
0: right? Well, thank you so much, Tara, for sharing your story. And I look forward to seeing how things go for you over the next few months. Share more in the community.
1: Yes, I will. I'll do more than seven posts. I did post today, though, to say online. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Jen.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at com, and I'll add you to the lineup. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at resonate Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
2: Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus